Hi, everyone. Welcome to the KASB, the Advocate Podcast for Friday, February 2nd, 2024. As always, I'm joined by my advocacy partner, Shannon Kimball, and our fabulous producer, Alec Mandrigal. So uh, we've got a lot to talk about, and let's just go ahead and get started. KASB testified on two bills this past week in the Senate Education Committee. Shannon, would you update our listeners on those bills and, uh, and the insights that they need to know from those hearings? Thanks, Leah. I would be glad to. So on Monday, we testified on Senate Bill 387 in the Senate Education Committee. That bill is the Senate version of the open enrollment fix bill that we um, heard a little bit about last week because we had testified on a similar bill in the House. Um, The Senate bill is narrower. It only addresses the issue in the statute where there is some confusion about continuing enrollment of students who are already in your district on an out-of-district transfer and whether those students should be required to participate in the open enrollment lottery when those start happening for next fall. Uh, The bill would say that those students are exempted from the lottery and can continue attending in the district they are in on that out-of-district transfer. Uh, We support that clarification because that's good for kids and good for families. Uh, But our testimony also highlighted a number of other concerns that our members have raised um, recently and really throughout the the time that districts have been trying to figure out how to implement this new this new law. And some of those some of those concerns that we raised in the Senate, they were included in the House bill, but not in the Senate bill. Um, In particular, one issue um, that the House is looking at, but the Senate wasn't yet, is the issue around determining if a student who wants to transfer into your district is a student in good standing mm-hmm. and you know, allowing districts to make that evaluation both before they enroll initially and then as a, as a matter of continuing enrollment in the district. So we raised those concerns and there was a good bit of discussion about some of the um, some of the challenges that the language in the bill is presenting for districts as they have gone through the process of adopting policy to implement it. And so we will be uh, following those discussions as they get ready to work that bill next week. You know, Shannon, I I think it's important for folks to to remember that KASB testified uh, strenuously and at length uh, in 2022 when this open enrollment law was initially proposed. Uh, We opposed it, but unfortunately, it was forced through as part of a bundled bill that also funded uh, K-12 schools, and and, uh, things happen when bills are bundled and go through a conference committee process, and uh, this is one of those things where uh, something that uh, nobody wanted or needed got forced through, and we continue to deal with the consequences, whether they be unintended or or otherwise, so thank you. Thanks for that uh, overview. And then we had um, we had another bill in Senate as well, right? Yes. On Tuesday, KASB testified on Senate Bill 386. So this is exactly the same as the bill that was heard last week in House K-12 Education Budget on how you count students to determine your funding. Um, it, it allows current year enrollment to be used or only a one-year look back. So KASB um, was neutral on this bill. We pointed out to the committee that we have consistently supported adding current year enrollment to the funding formulas 
so that districts that are growing can be funded for the growing needs that they have with their new enrollment. But our legislative policy that our members have asked us to adopt and promote in the legislature says they would like to keep that two-year look back. And mm -hmm. so we pointed that out to the committee that this bill um, only keeps a one-year look back, and we believe that a two-year look back would be more appropriate. Um, There's a lot of discussion in the Senate um, Ed Committee's questions about how we ended up with the current structure. Uh, just to remind folks, right now, you can use either a one-year or a two-year look back, but no current enrollment. Um, in addition, the bill would penalize districts that have closed a school building by only allowing them to use current year enrollment. We opposed that language and asked that it be stricken from the uh, from the bill. Um, you know, one of the points of conversation in this, both the Senate committee on the, and on the House side actually has been around this idea that the legislature is, is providing funds to districts using those lookbacks um, when when the students when they're funding students that aren't there. And I think it's really important to think about what that what that means in practice for districts. You know, we have a, a per student funding formula in Kansas, um, but that funding formula is really a way to a pro for the legislature to approximate what districts need to educate all of their students. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, when we've we've pointed out in our testimony and in our conversations that just because a few students leave your district does not mean that a district's expenses are less for providing all the things that all the other students in the districts need. And that is why keeping those lookbacks um, up to a two-year look back is really important because if you if you are a declining enrollment district, you need to have that certainty to be able to keep your excellent staff and your paraprofessionals and other people that are serving the kids' needs and who, who have built relationships with those kids. And it gives you time to plan for change in a way that is responsible with the dollars that districts are receiving. Thanks, Shannon. That was a really good look back and uh, def definitely some continuing conversations we need to have both with uh, the Senate Education Committee and that our friends uh, out in the districts need to have with your local legislators about how the school funding formula works uh, to, to support your district, whether it be large or small, growing enrollment, stagnant enrollment, or declining enrollment. So thanks for that overview, Shannon. You know, I want to sh thank Shannon and our Deputy Director, Angie Stahlbomber, who did a great job this past week holding down the fort at the State House in Topeka while I accompanied about a dozen Kansas School Board members to Washington, D.C. We were in D.C. to advocate for full funding of special ed at the federal level. You may know that Congress is supposed to provide up to 40% of the additional cost to educate Kansas kids on IEPs, but currently the federal government only provides about, I don't know, somewhere in the area of 13 to 15%. Uh, our listeners may also know that Kansas law requires the state to kick in 92% of the statewide average excess cost for special education after the federal funding is deducted. So we visited with members of Congress and their staff to respectfully remind them that if Congress would do its part to fully fund the Individuals with Disabilities Education Act, the state legislature would then have a smaller portion to fund under its separate state law on special education funding. 
Um, we were able to meet in person with uh, Senator Jerry Moran and with Representative Tracy Mann. And uh, we also met with some really talented staffers in all of our congressional offices. And um, they, you know, they reminded us that unfortunately, Congress moves very, very slowly. And uh, in the in the current sort of fractured atmosphere that we have on Capitol Hill, things move are moving even more slowly than than usual, which is frustrating for everyone. The consensus seemed to be that we would perhaps see about a 1% increase in federal funding for special education. So uh, while that is kind of, you know, frustrating when we have all these needs that be that need to be addressed, we appreciate them meeting with us and giving us their insights. Um, I think what we all are going to need to do, not only in Kansas, but across the nation, is continue to meet with our U.S. senators, U.S. representatives, Anytime we get an opportunity, whether it be at a legislative town hall that they might have or, you know, reach out, invite them to your public schools to talk about special education, how those how the state and federal funding laws coexist and depend on each other and what the needs are here in Kansas. Because um, when elected officials hear from their constituents on a consistent and respectful basis, that's when we see change. And so please, everybody, keep up the hard work on fully funding SPED. Uh, we also talked about some pretty concerning um, provisions in some proposed budget measures for overall federal funding for K-12 schools. There's a proposal out there that would eliminate federal funding for Title II programs, which is teacher preparation, essentially. And there's also a proposed extreme cut in Title I federal funds, which um, that helps prepare any number of kids for success in public school, whether it be kindergarten readiness or kids who are, you know, at risk and need a little bit of extra help. And uh, so there are a number of federal, what, they're, what are called title funds that, that help public schools. It sounds like uh, things may start to be hammered out around in the March timeframe, I believe our member, our members of Congress and our senators heard us when we expressed our concerns that uh, that we we just cannot emphasize enough that Congress must not cut those title funds to the to the extent that is being proposed in some quarters. And uh, I appreciate again the people on Capitol Hill listening to us. Uh, appreciate the great meetings that we had, and we'll keep our listeners posted as uh, that process moves on. Okay, so back to the state level, uh, the, this next coming week, uh, which starts Monday, February 5th, is going to be a very busy one in the Kansas State House. So here's what's going on and what, what KSB will be up to. The first issue we'll tackle is on Monday. Uh, there's a hearing on House Bill 2612 in the House K-12 Education Budget Committee. This is a bill about accrediting public schools. And honestly, it's Let's just cut to the chase here. It's a cynical ploy by opponents of public education and by some legislators to violate the state constitution's delegation of authority to the State Board of Education. It would allow, also allow a single person, including any you know dark money lobbyist, for instance, to challenge a school district's accreditation. You know, that's that's just that's that's inappropriate. It's it's damaging to the to the school district and the students, and uh, it's just there are so many things wrong with this bill. Um, 
that I don't really have time to go into it on this podcast. So uh, long story short, KASB will oppose the bill. The hearing is at 3.30 p.m. on Monday in the House K-12 Education Budget Committee, and it will be streamed live on the legislature's YouTube channel if anybody wants to watch. On Wednesday, that same committee is going to hear House Bill 2650, which again, violates the Kansas Constitution and the State Board of Ed's authority. Uh, it's about at-risk students and at-risk funding and um, has a lot of um, has a lot of uh, provisions that again, they violate the constitution. They don't, they are unworkable. You know, Shannon, I think we've talked about uh, portions of this bill would uh, would violate kids' privacy rights by by really kind of identifying who is who is at risk and who is who is at need for additional services. There's just, again, a lot wrong with this bill. And so honestly, I would say if the legislature wants to help at-risk kids, then, you know, it could commit to working with the State Board of Education and our local school districts to ensure the best interests of our students and not in conducting hearings on bills that are sponsored by public education opponents. So we will testify in support of public schools and Kansas kids. So stay tuned for that on Wednesday in K-12 Education Budget. Shannon, the House and Senate Education Committees will hear identical bills next week on alternative teacher licensure. Can you fill us in on those bills? You bet, Leah. So there are two bills, House Bill 2521 and Senate Bill 407, that are pretty much identical. And what they would allow um, would be an additional set of provisions around um, alternate ways for someone to be licensed to teach in Kansas. Now for our listeners, remember that this is these alternate teacher certification routes are already allowed and happening under the current rules and regulations of the State Board of Education through KSDE. The state board has constitutional authority over te teacher licensure and certification and how those issues are implemented and decided. And that is clear both from the language that's in the Kansas Constitution, but also from court cases that talk about the State Board of Education's constitutional authority over teacher licensure. So that is really a big concern with this bill. Also, the bill includes a provision that would prohibit the State Board from requiring teacher licensees to have taken any coursework in the art and science of teaching and learning which is hugely problematic. You know, if we want to ensure that we have high quality educators in every classroom in our public schools across Kansas, uh, we need to ensure that those teachers who have been licensed to do that work also have an understanding of the brain science behind learning and the methods that they need to be following in order to um, help our students meet their meet and maximize their potential. So um, we will be opposing those bills in both committees and keep you updated on what happens from that testimony in those hearings next week. Thanks, Shannon. So also next week, the House Health and Human Services Committee will be hearing House Bill 2669. That is a bill which uh, would essentially formalize funding for the popular and highly effective mental health intervention team program that was put in, into place a few years ago. And it has done great things to help Kansas school districts connect our students with mental health resources that they need. I will give tons of credit here to the 
committee chair, Representative Brenda Landwehr. The mental health intervention team program has been it's really been her baby. She has pushed hard for this program throughout, uh, you know, over the past few years, and it has expanded to cover many school districts across the state. It's been incredibly successful. You know, we have heard testimony in committees that the program literally has saved students' lives, and uh, and I know many other districts would like to take advantage of it as well. And so. House Bill 2669 uh, kind of formalizes the funding for this program, places it under the oversight of the Kansas Department of Aging and Disability Services, which handles, you know, behavioral health and mental health issues. And the bill also um, appears to broaden the network of uh, folks who can provide those mental health services and partnerships to students in our schools. And so I haven't finished reading through the bill, but I am, I'm optimistic that it's a good bill and uh, that we will look forward to some, some positive developments on partnerships between mental health providers and school districts. It's, it's something that I think we all know is a critical need in Kansas. Many of us have personal or family experience with, with folks who, who need mental health assistance and, and how it, it, it impacts their, their school life and their personal life. And so um, something positive there to look at from the, from the state legislative perspective. And so we want to give a shout out to everyone who's involved in trying to make some positive change there. All of that being said, it's um, again, a good, you know, it's going to be an interesting week in Topeka. You know, we have these, we have a couple of, of uh, contentious hearings coming up. And uh, we also saw some bills introduced this week. At least one school voucher bill was introduced and, um, and we expect, you know, some discussions on that to continue. And so what we need folks to do this weekend and over the past next few weeks. I know there are a lot of legislative coffees and other meetings that are happening this weekend. What can you do to support Kansas public schools? Well, share with your legislators the great things that are happening in your local district, whether it's your graduation rate, whether it's the CTE certifications that your kids have, whether it's all those scholarship dollars that uh, that your kids have earned. Um, you know, really hit on those with your legislators so that they are able to kind of process that and, and so that they can push back against some of the disinformation that's happening in Topeka that is designed to tear down and defund our public schools. You know, share the great things that are happening in your district, urge your legislators to uphold the state constitution and support our public schools. That's what you can do because there are shenanigans afoot in Topeka and our kids need our advocacy. So thanks again to Shannon, especially for all the work that she and Angie did this past week while I was in DC. Thanks again to our fabulous producer, Alec Madrigal. Been great to talk at you all this week on this episode of The Advocate, and we will talk to you again next Friday. Thanks everyone.